Hello and welcome to the week 12 edition of the Circa Million podcast. Matt Brown, Brett Colson, coming to you here after a really good few weeks for me, Brett. I've actually, on my personal card, climbed the standings pretty well here. Put together a 5-0 and and a 4-1 and a 4-1 two weeks in a row here for a little 9-1 stretch and feeling... Uh, Feeling pretty good about everything. Unfortunately, that was begun with a one in four week. So I have no chance of winning any of these quarter <laughs> prizes. So it was uh, despite the fact I've gone nine and one over the last couple. The first week was a one in four. So I am dead in the water. Yeah, that's poor timing. You couldn't go. You couldn't start the, the new period here. Nine and one. Right. I know. You got the, the, the one and four in there and you're already dust. Yeah, it was. You, you it, can't win. It, it was incredible. It was incredibly poor timing on my part. I will try to time things a little bit better. This go round here, um, we had a pretty good, we had a decent little week last week. Um, sorry, we didn't get a pot out to you guys. We will certainly uh, never make a, we will not make a habit of that. We'll always try to get something out to you guys as far as uh, what our picks are each and every week here. But we have a card here where we have three, well, we have three that are going to make it because we have two that we agree on one of which was your must make. I have my must make. So three fifths of the card is already in stone here. And let's go ahead and just start out with your must make. And again, uh, disclaimer, as always, fellas, the lines we are going to reference are the lines that we have to play via the circa contest. So you might be looking at whatever sports book you bet at and the line will be different. It is a fixed line that goes into these contests. So if you look and say, hey, the line's not that anymore, just understand that we are going from whatever line is listed, and that is the line we have to play. And that line, as we sit right now, is Rams plus three and a half at home against the Ravens. Your must-make was also on my card as well. Yeah, and I've been talking about this game all week. I had it circled on Monday, knew it would be on my card, and here we are Friday morning, afternoon with it as my must make. This is not only a great number to bet on the Rams. This is a fantastic contest play because all of the bets are coming in on the Ravens this week. And I believe that will be correlated into a popular play in this circuit contest. The Ravens hype train is moving at an all time speed. Like the price point has never been higher on Baltimore radio and TV. All you hear about is Lamar Jackson, MVP talk books are already paying out MVP tickets and it's getting out of control because I think the Rams just win this game outright where the Rams are most exploitable is pass protection because Jared Goff crumbles when he doesn't have a pocket, especially when he's on the road. We've seen it time after time, but this is not a fearsome unit of pass rushers for the Ravens. It is the weakest part of this football team. They've been blitzing more since they got healthier in the secondary. It allows them to send more guys at the quarterback. But the Rams also get healthier this this week. Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods back in the lineup. Allow these elite receivers to separate, get the ball out early. I don't think they're going to have a problem moving the moving the, the the football here. And this Rams defense might be the most underrated in the NFL. I know you're going to speak to that here in a second. The interior of this Ravens or the, the yeah, the, the interior of the Ravens offensive line isn't for a long day against Aaron Donald. I love the Rams in this spot in every way. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that is very important about this is, you know, look, a lot of handicapping the Rams is really and truly handicapping Jared Goff and the situation that he's in and whether he's going to be put in a situation to succeed. And while the 
Ravens have shored up their secondary in getting Jimmy Smith back and in trading for Marcus Peters, one of the things that they do incredibly poorly is rush the passer. Their pass rushing grade actually, according to Pro Football Focus, is down at 31st, only better than the Dolphins in the in the National Football League. And Jared Goff is way worse and is at his worst when he is experiencing a bunch of pressure. And there's a difference between pressure and blitzing, Brett. And I think that's one of the things that maybe if people don't, you know, really fully dig into all of the minutia that goes on with football, like blitzing just means your quarterback needs to find where the blitz is coming from and find his hot read and get rid of the ball quickly and make a good decision from that standpoint. Pressure is be, is when you are constantly under duress and not necessarily because of a blitz coming when you just have a good pass rush and the quarterback is now not only under duress, but you have a full complement of uh, people in coverage. That's what makes it so incredibly hard on a quarterback in the the pass rush, just the uh, overall pla- uh, pressure situation for the Ravens is not good, and they are not getting any pressure on the quarterback. And so Jared Goff should have time to throw the ball out of the pocket, which is when when things go south is when he does not have that. And that is when things get really, really bad for him. And as you mentioned, getting back his weapons as well here, lining things up where, you know, they started to call. And, and yeah, physically, you can see Todd Gurley is certainly not the Todd Gurley of the last few years. That being said, he is certainly their best option still. And he is being they kind of used him as Todd Gurley of old these past couple of weeks and whether Sean McVay admits that he was at the early part of the season trying to save him for the stretch run or whether he just says no that's how we were calling the offense early in the year I don't know I don't really care but getting this Rams offense back to what we were more accustomed to seeing uh, last year is certainly was encouraging for me as well so just a lot of positives going into this one of course playing at home and I understand that there's not a huge home field advantage for this team quite yet but still playing at home not having to play on the road not having to really worry about a pass rush getting all of his guys back here and I think the other thing to mention Brett is that we're we're getting the hook on this game and so getting the hook is another thing that I think is pretty valuable considering that this thing has moved to a three at a lot of books here in Vegas pretty much the majority of books are sitting at three right now so we're actually getting a better number than you can get currently that's the interesting part about this is I know, you know, the other big contest in Vegas uh, gave us three for the Rams, which I don't know what I like more because I think that might turn a few people off of the Rams. Whereas, you know, obviously we prefer to have three and a half. Like, I, I don't know how to weigh that, which is better because I don't think it really matters. I, I think the, I think the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, so I, I think I actually prefer the three just because we get a little more leverage in the contest. But Uh, The three and a half is nice, too, just in case, just in case they lose by three, (laughs) just in case a field goal. And and listen, it's it's uh, it's Justin Tucker. It's the and it's also it's also one of those things where I mean, you know, we you're probably if you're listening to this podcast, are well aware of this. But if for whatever reason you just happen to find us one, welcome. Thanks for coming. And two, three, the very most key number in all of football. So getting the hook is we basically can't even put into words how incredibly important it is to be able to get the hook. And like, as you mentioned against the greatest kicker in the history of all time, (laughs) I mean like a guy that very well, they might line up for 57 yards to win this thing. And and he just, and he just bombs it from 57 and wins the thing, you know? 
Yeah, that could absolutely happen. Yeah, I mean, that's just so. like, that's not out of the range of possibilities for this guy uh, at all. Let's talk about the other uh, the, the other game that was on both of our cards here, and that is the Tennessee Titans and the... Um, what am Jaguars. I doing? They are the yeah in the in the Jaguars Titans at home here. This number for contest purposes sitting at three. So the Titans at home as three point favorites over the Jaguars. And as we sit, as we are taping this on a Friday afternoon, this thing has moved to a three and a half in favor of the Titans in this thing. So again, we're getting the better of the number and on the good side of the three yet again here, Brett. I look at this game and I see two teams moving in opposite directions. One team is pretty good. And we've talked about how we both like the Titans. The other team is not. It's it's so funny. I actually, I could see the Titans making a late run at a division title, similar to the way the Colts did just coming out of nowhere last year in that division. That division is always up for grabs until the end. And I think the Titans are good enough to do it. And it could start. I mean, they've won three of their last four. They're already moving in the right direction. Here they are, I think, in a pretty good spot. If only this team had a, a real quarterback, they could actually compete, I think, uh, in, in the AFC. But anyway, the Jags are, are dust. They don't play with any fire. This kind of reminds me of the game last year when Derrick Henry just ripped off those long runs against the Jags late in the season because they didn't even bother trying to tackle him. I don't see any I just don't see any fire with this Jaguars team anymore. I capped this at five, so I see line value. And yeah, it's it's probably gonna be a popular play in the circuit contest, but like last week with the Cowboys, I don't mind having some chalk on the card if I really, really like it. And I know you do too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there is some game theory that goes into these things as you and I've talked about before, but I think that, you know, much more game theory comes into play in something like the DraftKings contest where you can make as many plays or as few plays as you want to in a week where we are, where we are damned to only playing and must playing five every single week in this contest really the strategy is just 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 win right i mean like basically just pick as many winners as you can because it doesn't really matter at that point like what what people are playing in the field and all that because as we've seen i mean these the basically the it doesn't come down to tiebreakers too incredibly often when we're looking at these quarterly prizes and stuff like they've had an outright winner every single week. And it's just the guy that's, that's, that's picked the most winners, you know I mean? And, and his cards really haven't been, I've gone and looked at these quarterly winners cards. They haven't been off the wall or anything. They're just, they're just getting the most right, you know? And I think that we're, we're kind of like going about that a little bit better here than where we were at the beginning of the year, where we were trying to be a little bit more kind of funky and wacky than, than we were for a yeah, while. Let me just jump in. That's a good point. I, I I attack this contest a little differently than the super contest because of the quarterly prizes. Like I will never take a chalk side in the super contest, but really, like you said, you're trying to pick winners here in, over the shorter period just for the top prize. So right. it is a, it is a different it is different in that respect. So it, it is you know it's it's interesting how you know just the two comp the two contests are, are different in that way, and that's it does affect where I go with some of these plays. No, absolutely. And I think that that's something that, that next year when we do this, that we will have certainly top of mind here that the goal in a, in the circa here is, yeah, it would be super great to win the damn thing and win a million dollars. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Certainly we would love to win the whole thing, and win a million, but really everything should just be, we're looking at, at four different four week seasons, you know, and like, that's how we should look at this. And really at that point, 
you're just trying to pick the most friggin' winners you can in a four week stretch, run hot, and then and and go away with one of these quarterly prizes that is a massive quarterly prize that in the in the in the super contest like you're talking about, like you'd have to finish in the top ten in over the, in the whole damn contest to get one of these quarterly prizes that that you get for just a four week stretch here over in the circuit contest. So it is a it is definitely a different mindset and certainly a different way of going about it to where being contrarian isn't necessarily I think the optimal strategy for this one. It should be let's just pick friggin let's go four weeks of picking some good ass winners and and win one of these quarterly prizes yeah run hot i will say look i i do i true i I truly do look for leverage plays but i will only put it on my card if i like the side as well um and if you know if it comes down to like like a tiebreaker then i'll use like leverage as as the tiebreaker but it just so happens that my play this week is also a great leverage play, which is why I love the Rams. But yeah, that that's usually how I attack. This, so I, this contest. Th- getting back to this th- this game here, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're neither one of us are in love with Ryan Tannehill, but he's an upgrade over Marcus Mariota. I think that's been proven on the field. And then on top of that, yeah, this is a run. This is a run first team anyway. This is a team that really wants to run the ball. We've seen Derrick Henry now that coming off a bye as well should be as as fresh as he's been all season long and what does Jacksonville do worse than just about any team in the entire league and that is defend the run they are down at 30th DVOA if you want to go by the eyeball test over at Pro Football Focus they're down at 23rd so look at the look at their tackling grade yeah i mean it is so amazing whenever you compare you know the the this Jacksonville defense that i think we have this you know, kind of like a legacy reputation type thing going on in a lot of people's heads. And yeah, they were, they were studly and amazing for a few years. And and that was a few years ago though. That's the problem. It's not where they are currently. And especially going after this team on the ground, which is what the Titans do very well, what they want to do uh, really, really uh, a ton. Because I mean, look, the coaching staff, while we are not incredibly big fans of the coaching staff there, they are smart enough to know that they do not want, and they're not necessarily hiding Ryan Tannehill, Brett, but they're smart enough to know we're not going to just hand the reins over to Ryan Tannehill and tell him to win the game for us. And so they understand, hey, if we get to do what we want to do anyway, which is run the ball, and that is also the way to attack this team, I think they are at least smart enough to understand that. Yeah, and they have to have confidence in this defense too. Just protect the football, grind the clock down with Derrick Henry, who, by the way, I think is going to have a monster game here, and win win it with your defense. Right. I mean, just walk, get out of there with like a you know a twenty one to thirteen, twenty one ten win, something like that. I think that that's where this is headed. Yeah, like this play, and again, we're on the right side of the move here, so we we also enjoy whenever we are on the right side of the move as well. So feeling good about that one let's get to my must make and my must make here is uh probably one that you're going to go what the hell are you talking about but (laughs) i am uh i'm gonna go with the steelers here at six six and a half point favorites on the road at the Bengals. um you look back at this game last week and if i don't know if you how much of the raiders Bengals game you watched but i had a decent amount of action on it so i was uh i watched that one pretty pretty uh Pretty, almost ex- almost all the way through there. Fortunately, I had the Raiders involved in a teaser, so it, it was, I was on the right side of that one, you know, from a betting standpoint. But um, the Raiders left a ton 
of points on the field. And it was, I think this is a scenario where this line and this game is being viewed completely differently. If the Raiders did not crap the bed on several different promising drives that they had with weird turnovers and, and odd kind of like an odd stretch of play calling there, which John Gruden has been really great at calling plays so far this year, but for whatever reason, kind of had some brain farts there this past week. And uh, certainly I don't think that that's going to be a holdover or a carryover here. Um, plus you're just looking at an infinitely, you're just looking at an, 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 I no, no team really wants to go 0-16, Brett. But if you're the Bengals, it really and truly makes no sense here for you to go balls to the wall to try and win this game. A.J. Green going to be out yet again. He doesn't want to play for this team. I, I doubt we even see him take the field for the Bengals this year. Auden Tate got a you know, pretty scary hit on him. Does not look like he's going to play either. It's going to be a ragtag crew out there um, p- playing for this Bengals offense and they've gotten Joe Mixon involved a little, a little bit more in the, uh, in the offense over the last few weeks, but the Steelers actually have a really, really good run defense. And you look at the Steelers in this offense. I mean, I hate it as much as any of you guys do. And don't get me wrong. I, I think that the offense is pretty terrible from that standpoint, but this defense, I mean, you look against that Browns team. I mean, they held them pretty well, Brett. I mean, like it was a this defense has stood up all season long. Number eight against number eight against the run DVOA way up there, according to pro football focus as well. And I just don't see a way. And they're even better against the pass DVOA number five overall against the pass DVOA where you have a, a, a basically at this point, a ragtag, you know, a a. It's definitely a second string, probably more third tier quarterback in the league, throwing to a bunch of number threes and number four wide receivers out there. I understand it's um, it, it is the Steelers offense, and I know that they don't have a, a ton of playmakers. Juju Smith Schuster going to miss this, as is John uh, James Connor. That being said. They do have Jalen Samuels. They're getting Benny Snell back. Deontay Johnson somehow is going to be able to go despite the fact that he he was bleeding out of his ear after that hit last week. But he is going to be able to go a little bit of rapport between Mason Rudolph and James Washington over the last couple of weeks here. Uh, I just think this is a bit of an overreaction on the Bengals kind of looking halfway decent against what I would consider still to be a mediocre Raiders team. Listen, I've been driving the Steelers defense bus all season, so I totally get it. This pass rush against this Bengals offensive line, there is going to be carnage. So the Steelers could certainly take advantage of opportunities there, either by forcing turnovers or three and outs and capitalizing on great field position. That said, backing this defense laying six on the road or this offense backing uh, backing this offense laying six on the road is scary without Juju and Connor. Can they dink and dunk their way down the field like they did in the first matchup against the Bengals? Absolutely. And I think that's probably what they'll try to do is, is just avoid turnovers, avoid the stupid stuff, and just get out of there with, you know, a, a 10 point, 15, you know, 14 point win. I, I, man, it's, it's, it's so tough because I don't, I don't know what the motivations are for the Bengals. I know the Steelers don't want to be the team that lost to the Bengals. So I, I think, <laughs> and plus they're still on the and they're still in the playoff hunt too as well. So right. I mean, they're going to be trying to win this game. 
I just, these are, oh man, I just, there's so many things. I, there's so many questions that I have about these two teams that it's hard for me to have any conviction either way is the only thing. So let's say, and obviously it's a hypothetical, so it doesn't really matter, but I'm just curious your thoughts here. And I think maybe the listeners might be curious. So let's say that the, let's say that the Raiders got it, got, took care of business last week and won that game by 20, right? This is definitely over. I mean, this is definitely through the seven, probably sitting in seven and a half, I would imagine. Correct. I mean, the look ahead was seven. So, yeah, I think it probably would be seven and a half, maybe even maybe even higher after the right. Steelers lost last week. Yeah. So it, just for me, I you know, I, I just yeah. look I look at it like, hey, you know, one game sample of the Steelers. And again, I watched the majority of that of that game with the Raiders and, and they left a lot of points on the field. I mean, they could have definitely easily covered and easily co- and not only covered, but easily covered in that game. So I'm not going to overreact here. I hate the Steelers offense as much as you guys. I just don't think the Bengals have any chance of actually moving the ball and scoring. This is where I'm just, I'm dead set against everything that they have going on there. I mean, the only bright spot that they have showed is Joe Mixon over the last few weeks. And this Steelers run defense has been absolutely amazing even in I mean I'm talking like even in the loss last week to the Browns the run defense still looked really really good you know I mean it is like you you kind of look at Cameron Hayward and Stefan to it's just like I mean these guys are just really they had uh 13 run stops last week against that Browns unit that has a pretty good uh, tandem now between Kareem Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb there. They, oh, they earned a PFF grade, just those, the interior defenders of an 85, which is just really, really good. If you guys know PFF football grades and stuff. And so I can't see the Bengals having success on the ground. And we know that the passing offense is just basically non-existent. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are fantastic. So, I mean, I, I could totally I could totally see this being a Steelers whitewash. Uh, it's just it makes me a little queasy. I guess that's part of what makes it a great pick, though. Right. Nobody else is picking the Steelers here. So let's take a look at some of these other picks here. Uh, let's go ahead and start with you on Jets plus three. Yeah, what I really like in this game here is the over I this could get to 60 two really bad defenses two offenses that are clicking right now i know we've talked just talked about the raiders last week but i mean they are they have been one of the more efficient offenses in the league this season uh but i give the advantage to the jets here because i think they actually will exploit this raiders secondary to the max whereas the raiders as we know love to run the football and establish that early on and that is not how you attack the jets uh i love the over here i'm gonna i i'm definitely gonna have the jets everywhere and sam darnold i'm expecting a monster game out of him this week i think you're gonna see a lot of points in a, in a jets win at home i think this is just jets outright one of mine that we did not that didn't make both of our cards we didn't actually a week here where we didn't have any picks on the opposite side of each other so that is interesting brett by the way picked up a win last week which Basically puts us almost back to even for the season yet again. Uh, Brett on the Falcons, me on the Panthers. So that puts it one, two, three, four, five, six for Matt and one, two, three, four, five for Brett. So, yes, we are. I'm still up one on you, buddy, though. I still got one on you. So I can't even make up any ground. this I'm up up six to five on you. and We're on the opposite sides of games here. Uh, I'm on Seahawks point and a half here. Uh, One, we are on the good side of this thing again. This thing has already moved to one. Probably by the time this thing kicks off, this thing could get us get down to a pick. 
I just don't this this Philadelphia offense, Brett, is just is just absolutely atrocious. And we I understand that the Seahawks secondary is certainly nothing even comparable to what we saw from the uh, from the uh, from the 49er. I mean, from the uh, Patriots last week. That being said, the I think that the offense of the Seahawks is much better than what we saw from the Patriots last week. So I think that we are going to see where the Patriots kind of, you know, kind of struggled down the field and unable to really, you know, light up the scoreboard because they, they just lack talent. I mean, let's just be honest. They they're getting by because they have amazing coaching schemes and tons of experience and guys that just know what to do in the right spots at the right times. But you're looking at a Seahawks team here that one coming off of a bye, which, you know, look, does a buy help? There's debate there. But one thing I think we can't overlook here in this particular situation is they are coming off of a buy that allowed Josh Gordon to have an extra week with the team to kind of fit in, learn the playbook more, get some more rapport with Russell Wilson. And I don't think that really can be understated here. And it gave them a week to get Tyler Lockett healthy, and he is going to be able to play in this game as well. So this was actually a very, very well-timed buy for the Seahawks team here to get Lockett healthy and to get and to get Gordon up to speed for them. So I uh, cannot understate what that what that also meant to me in kind of looking at this game. And you look at this Philadelphia team, still a hodgepodge of injuries. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey will go. Maybe Nelson Aguilar will go, but neither one of them are going to be close to 100% because, again, game time decisions, guys are never 100% whenever they're game time decisions. Jordan Howard, definitely not going to go. Wasn't cleared for contact even here on Friday, so there's no way he's going to play. So it's going to be Miles Sanders who's back there trying to run the ball for this Eagles team. And again, it's just an Eagles secondary that can be had through the air. We saw Tom Brady barely take advantage of that because he just doesn't have the playmakers that the Seahawks team has. And Russell Wilson's better than Tom Brady at this juncture. If you look at the wide receiver position, I think both of us would say that it's a landslide when you look at Lockett, Metcalf, and Josh Gordon over what they're running out for the Patriots at this juncture. So more success through the air for the Seahawks team here. Uh, I actually had the Seahawks as a two-point favorite in this game when I was kind of running wow. my, my initial numbers. So it's a big, big swing for me here. So I uh, I really, really like the Seahawks in this game. So you're going to be firing that Seahawks money line. I actually have uh, the Seahawks tied to Teased. every single teaser yeah. that could possibly be on the card this week. So I am... Uh, I have a lot of liability on the Seahawks this week. Um, so anyway, that's my case for the Seahawks. Your other one here, Broncos plus four. Yeah, I I mean, well, let me let me just hit on the the Seahawks real quick. Sure. I mean, f- football wise, I, I totally get it. I, I don't think this is a good spot at all for the Eagles. Like you said, injuries all over the field. Lane Johnson is a big one now likely to not play with a concussion. I just threw that one at the bottom of my car because I didn't really have a strong lean. And I figured the Seahawks will probably be popular just given uh, the support they've had um, just in the in the buddy market this week. Broncos and Bills. I think the Broncos are better than the Bills, man. That that's that's my take. And so I think we're getting line value right away. And I I just don't think it's that crazy to say that. Like the analytics agree, the underlying numbers show that the Broncos are actually quite a bit better than Buffalo. Uh there's one team here that has lost a lot of close games against a challenging schedule. Another team that has coasted against the softest schedule in the NFL. So I I just 
I, I don't understand this line. I, I think this should be like two, two and a half. So uh, I'll take I'll take the, the, the free points through the key number there. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think the Bills are good, man. I, like it, they're just beaten up on these bad teams week after week. You throw a good defense in Josh Allen's face and he just crumbles. He, and we've seen it time after time. Uh, I, I do have the uh, I mean, full disclosure for everyone listening. I mean, I do have the Broncos tied into uh, several teasers as well. When it was at four and a half, uh, I got it up to ten and a half. So I have it all mm-hmm. the way through. Nice. All the way through the ten. And so I do have uh, liability on the Broncos this week as well. Uh, my other Dolphins plus ten and a half here against this Browns team. And I dug into this. A little bit further here, Brett, and basically what I came came up with is Browns are going to be missing their only two guys that rush the passer. So their their two guys that do that exceptionally well are not going to be in the lineup here. So if you give Fitzpatrick time to throw, he has actually been pretty good this year in one of the one of the craziest things i know that it's i mean it's still ryan fitzpatrick and i understand i don't like the fact that preston johnson uh preston williams is not in the lineup i definitely don't like that and think that that it certainly works against us here but um with the way that this uh, game seems to be lining up where he is going to have time to kind of do fitzpatrick things Devonte parker is still i Alan Hearns has at least played in the league for a little while. Albert Wilson is still a dude that has a bunch of uh, snaps under his belt as well. And with that, I mean, we're talking about more than 10 points here. I mean, we are talking about 10 and a half points when, when we're, uh, when we're, uh, when we're able to, uh, you know, take a, take a guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick that when he has a clean pocket so far this season, is on target, you know, 78% of the time. And this is, it, it's a, it's pretty good for a dude that is, you know, a mediocre quarterback in this league. So um, I don't know, maybe I'm getting fooled here. Maybe I'm putting too much into the fact that they're going to be without, you know, their, their top two pass rushers here and top two guys, which I would consider top two overall guys on defense for them. But I do think that plays a really big key here in a Fitzpatrick offense that, you know, Fitzpatrick's just going to drop back and sling it all over the field here. And what happens when he makes stupid decisions when he's getting pressured all the time and he does stupid Fitzpatrick things. But if that's not going to, if, that, if that's not going to be happening near as often, then I could see the dolphins keeping this thing close. This is another one where I don't have enough info to work with, to have a really strong lean. We know the Browns are depleted on that defensive line. How will they respond to the incident from last week? Well, how does this defense look when it can't rush the passer with Garrett? with Vernon uh, and the guy, the other guy in the middle there who was just suspended. I mean that I, I don't even know who's going to be on that defensive line. All of these things point to Miami, but I do worry that the Browns just run straight with Nick Chubb and they just gash that, that Miami run right. defense all, all day. So um, I, I, I don't really have, <laughs> I don't have a lean on, on either of these really. Uh, I totally understand uh, the, the Dolphins side just, uh, you know, kind of buying low, I guess, after they were a public team for a while and they just got destroyed last week. So I do get that. But yeah, um, Ogan Joby is going to miss. Ogunjobi, yeah, yeah Miles Garrett is going to miss. It looks uh, un, un, 
unreal from what they were saying all week long, but Njoku is not going to be activated right. for week 12. So he's not going to play. As you mentioned, Olivier Vernon not going to play. And now it says that linebacker Joe Schobert is actually now questionable for oh, wow. for the game as well. So He's been awesome this year, yeah. too. He has been amazing. And so now he just pops up on the injury report, which, as we know, these late week injury report guys that pop up, that tends to not be great, right? That tends to not be good when you kind of pop up late in the week here. So, yeah, a lot of things pointing towards the the Dolphins for me in this one. Your final play, Niners minus three and a half. Yeah, this one, let me pull it up here. I mean, look, where the Niners are good at football, especially offensively, the Packers are not defensively this there is a distinctive funnel on this green bay defense right up the gut and nobody runs the football up the middle better than uh the the 49ers and and george kittle we are expecting him to return this week that guy not only helps them in the run game but he eats running running routes over the middle of the field how is green bay going to stop this i see this as a great opportunity to buy low on the niners who have not looked great without all of these pieces on their offense that they are getting back. They're still going to be without Joe Staley. That's a big loss. But, uh, you know, you work Kittle back in. You work Emmanuel Sanders back in here. You finally give Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo targets to throw the ball to. That's really where they have struggled the most uh, over the past few weeks. So I, I really like this spot for the Niners. I don't think many people are going to be right back on them, given that it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers off a bye. So and I, I really like the coaching advantage here, too. I think Shanahan's just going to have his way with LaFleur. So I love the Niners. So do you think, interesting, I I actually think, I think that the news is going to break at some point today that Kittle's going to go and that Manny Sanders is going to go and that likely Debo Samuel is going to go as well. So um, I actually think, I don't know. I don't think that I certainly don't think that the Packers are going to be a popular play at that. The point. number, the number makes it interesting, right? The three and a half. Yeah. If it was three, I totally agree. But the three and a half, I think is going to scare some people off of it. And just given the fact that the 49ers haven't looked like a dominant football team for right. several weeks. So that'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know, I certainly don't think the 49ers are going to be popular. Uh, will the Packers be more popular? I don't know, but I think this is a good spot for the Niners regardless. All right, so here we are. We have to pick two more of these games to put on our card. If I were going to pick one of your three that you have listed, I actually have the Jets as my number eight pick on the week. It is the highest of the ones that you have listed um, over there. Um, So I'm... I feel okay uh, about the Jets plus three because, again, they're in my top ten on the week anyway as we sit right now. Did either of the Seahawks or Dolphins at all have any sort of uh, movement for you? Or is that are those two that you have that, you, that you're looking no, to stay away from? It didn't move. No, it did not move. <laughs> no, I, I like I said, I just don't I don't have strong leans on either of those games. So maybe right underneath your top five is where we could go. I, where, where are you at? Uh, where are you at there? My next one. I mean, you're going to hate. I mean, you're probably <laughs> so, <laughs> so the number six, you're probably going to, to hate even more than all of these other ones. But I weirdly find, I weirdly find myself on, on lay in the wood with the saints at home against this Panthers team that I think at this point, now that the tape is out on Kyle Allen, um, 
I think that these teams have kind of started to figure figure them out here. Um, it's a the the big strength, and I'm not saying you're going to stop. I, I'm not going to say that you're going to stop Christian McCaffrey, but as we know, I mean, this Saints run defense has over the last six weeks has just been so incredibly good, and I just uh, I, I the way I capped, I, I could see the Saints at home here in a and you know I'm, it's not even a bounce back spot they won last week big and handily against the against the buccaneers but uh you know kyle allen gonna turn the ball over a couple times most likely saints going to just do the saints thing where they just run these uh where they just run these long drives down the field panthers run defense is pretty terrible so now they have kamara back uh completely healthy to go along with latavius murray I think this could be a pretty long day for the Panthers here. And I know it's a lot of points at nine and a half, but as we sit here right now, this thing has actually moved to 10 across a lot of the big spots here in Vegas, including some of the places that take, you know, the, the, the really big uh, action here, South point circa Westgate uh, have all moved to, to 10 on the, on the saints in this thing. You mentioned the long drives and that's, that's what gives me pause with a team laying nine and a half. They don't hit you with that home run. They have the playmakers to do it. We just haven't seen a whole lot of it with this offense. They they just run these. I mean, they don't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Um, that that's that's what gives me pause. This is another game that I just kind of threw away because I didn't know what to do. I thought that was a pretty fair line. Um, so if we go back to your first two, I would I would lean Dolphins just with all the injuries piling up and everything else with the Browns, I think that I would not be surprised if the Dolphins kept that game close. So that's where I would go out of those three. What was the, what, what was number six on your list? Number six is the bucks. I just think there's Ooh. value. I just think there's value. I, I take this stupid team every week cause I get fooled into thinking that they're the right side and they're just never the right side. But I do think there is value this week against the Falcons team that might be overvalued after those two surprising wins. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I don't even know what to think about that game, man. Like, it, you know why? Because it's like it's two teams now that have like just completely that have now just completely confused the hell out of me over yeah. the last several weeks. And so now I have not only do I have one confusing team in a game, now I have two confusing teams in a game where I'm like, F me, man. Like, I don't even know, like, what's going on. Do you want to hear my number seven real quick just while we're at it? Because just so you can hate things even more. Sure. Uh, Giants plus six at the Bears. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it's another one that I just, like, I didn't know what to do with it. Because I, like, what are the what are the Bears doing at quarterback? How are they going to respond to what happened on, on Sunday Night Football? Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I like the Giants getting back Sterling Shepard. Obviously, I yeah. think that that's like a pretty big deal to where they actually have a true number one. You know, they actually have a true number one wide receiver now to go along, which may actually open up a little bit of space for Saquon Barkley and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm not incredibly in love with that one. I was liking that one. And that you know what? That one probably would move further down my list now because I'm reading as, as we're sitting here, Ingram has decided to be out of this game where they thought he was going to play all week long. So good night, man. All of these injuries, all this injury stuff is just like, is, is not really playing out in our favor here. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and I am okay with your Jets plus three, so I'm okay. go, I, I will I will go ahead and and let that let that be our number four pick here, and um you know I guess since we don't have one that we really 
like past anything else. You, so you said you can at least get yourself to a point where Dolphins 10 and a half can, can make sense for you? I can live with that, yeah. That's a lot of points for Freddie Kitchen's team. It's a lot of points for a team where I feel like this defense is going to be down so many key players that yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick might be able to keep this thing competitive. Basically sure. is is what we're is basically what I kind of how I looked at it from top to bottom here. So um all right, so we will do that then. Let's go with boy, do we are we backing some badass teams this week? Holy mackerel. Um we that's, are backing that's, these. That's what makes it so fun, man. I know we are backing. <laughs> holy, we are backing the Steelers, the Jets, and the Dolphins this week. Holy crap! So Rams plus three and a half, guys. Steelers minus six and a half. Titans minus three. Jets plus three, and Dolphins plus ten and a half. Again, all of these lines are fixed in what will be and what are listed on the Circle website. If you guys want to go take a look for yourself. As to what the uh, contest lines are, you just go to goldengatecasino.com slash circa dash sports. And so there's a uh, and they have all the uh, leaders listed up there as well and, and whatnot. So you can take a look at how that thing has broken down for the contest so far this year. And certainly looking forward to getting back in this thing next year, as I think I have a better grasp on how to go about attacking this one as well. Yeah. But uh, Brett, good luck this week, my friend. Uh, pray for pray for me that the Seahawks keep this thing within a <laughs> touchdown uh, for the Eagles, because if not, I'm going to have to come to Buffalo and live in your basement for a little while because I won't be able to pay rent over here. But um, that's I should not I should not joke about irresponsible. I, that's a joke. I, I should not joke about irresponsible gambling. I, all I will well, say I do, is I do have a I do have a dry basement just in case. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it'll be all set for you. <laughs> uh, what uh, what I should say is I just have a lot. I have a I have a lot riding <laughs> on the uh, the Seahawks at plus seven and a half this week. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we'll. We'll leave this at that, but feeling pretty good about the card here overall. I mean, we got um, and we have some interesting plays on what we kind of deemed as we were talking to to Jay. And even we were looking at the early lines. It's, it's kind of a it's kind of a down week anyway. Right. As far as intriguing matchups. I mean, we have the three kind of premier games on the card. And then past that, it's like, eh, you know, man. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to get through the uh, the the afternoon slate but once we get through that you've got cowboys patriots packers niners ravens rams three great yeah. games so yeah so at least we have at least we can close things out nice the early card the 1 p.m games holy night that is just uh that is that is something and there's to hold. there's a <laughs> lot of them. that's a lot of bad football <laughs> games right there oh man lots of bad football games for sure uh appreciate you guys listening of course as always go over to the lines.com playpicks.com you can take a look at picks articles and breakdowns and how everything is flowing across the industry here everything is absolutely free at all of our sites so be sure and take advantage of that if you're going to play at any of the sites out there. If you're located in a DraftKings state, just go to DKPicks.com. It'll automatically geo-target you. If you're located in a FanDuel state, just go to FDPicks.com. It'll automatically geo-target you. And if you want to try one of the other books, just head over to uh, just head over the lines and head over to uh, PlayPicks, and we have all the things that you can click on there and take a look at some of these other ones because we do have the best sign-up offers that you can possibly find in all of the land. For Brett, I'm Matt. We'll talk to you guys next week. 